Hello and welcome to Ladies in Red, a brand new podcast for all things women's football and obviously the main focus will be on the Arsenal women's team. My name is Lauren and I'm super excited to finally get started with this podcast. It feels like it's been been in the works for a few weeks now. Uh, I did obviously want to get this <laughs> the first episode out before the season got underway but uh, yeah I was a bit sick last week and then over the weekend, I was at the the opening game in the Emirates, which obviously we're going to talk more about. And yeah, tomorrow, I mean, I'm recording this on Thursday night, so tomorrow is our second game already. So I can't I can't waste any more time, despite having an ear infection. I can't hear myself, so I can only imagine what this sounds like. But look, anyway better late than never isn't that right um you might have heard me on it's an arsenal thing podcast before but if you're new let me just briefly fill you in i've been an arsenal supporter since i was 10 years old obviously it started with the men's team the first game i ever watched was the champions league final against barcelona in 2006 and um yeah well we all know how that went uh my first I think my first interaction with the women's team was actually seeing them in football magazines when I was younger. So the Arsenal magazine, I think it was 442 is the name of it as well. Uh, They always had a decent section on the women's team, particularly the Arsenal magazine. And that's where I kind of became familiar with the players, with the names. Um, Obviously not growing up in London made it a bit difficult to to go to games and see, see the players in person. But yeah, that's obviously changed an awful lot over the past few years for the better. Um, And yeah, I just, I'm super, super excited to use this platform to speak more about the women's team, uh, women's football in general also, because I think there's a lot to cover. There's so much content out there and hopefully this will be a one-stop shop for everything to do with the women's game, players, results, um, you know, drama that goes on, on and off the pitch. There's plenty of it. So yeah, without any further ado, let's get started with the first episode. Obviously, we're going to have a look at the Arsenal season preview. Like I mentioned, this was meant to be for last week, but look, better late than never. Going to have a look at the transfer market, who's in, who's out, players who are also coming back from injury. And of course, the yeah, the, the very disappointing Champions League exit. So what does that mean for the team? What can we expect in the season coming? Uh, obviously, the focus now is on the WSL. So we're going to have a look at that opening game and um, the results from across the board as well. Um, because I think there was a few surprises there, not just us, but uh, gonna have a look at that and then also preview the United game, which, like I said, is being played tomorrow. So very quickly on this season preview, like I said, it's a little bit late, but better late than never. Um, I want to focus on the summer transfers, and it was a busy one for Arsenal this year. Uh, accumulated on the fourteenth of September, but we saw players come and go, and you know. Excitingly, also players who are coming back from injury as well made amazing progress over the summer. But let's have a look at those players who came in. We definitely made waves in the transfer market. We'd secured top talents such as Alessia Russo, Amanda Illestet, uh, Chloe Lacasse, Laia Corina and Kyra Cooney-Cross. Honestly, try to say that name five times fast. It's, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, looking at them in a bit more detail, I mean, I don't think there's much I have to say in relation to Alessia Russo. Everyone knows the type of player she is. She joined from Manchester United uh, on a free. Obviously, she was linked last January and Arsenal made a record bid for the striker. United later rejected and the English international joined, as I said, on a free this summer. That is interesting because United did finish above Arsenal in the league. They have a better chance of getting Champions League football than we do. So I think a lot of people 
were linking her to Arsenal, thinking that it was purely to do with the Champions League football. But I think that I mean, obviously, there's more if you if you listen to her interviews um, that she's given since she's joined. She has really, really, really praised the club, how much the women's team is valued, and I think that's something that a lot of people overlook as well. It's not all about you know playing in the Champions League football, but it's about how the club makes you feel. And I, I think obviously I'm a bit biased, but. Um, you can really tell that Arsenal really value the women's team and you know that that's a massive signing for us I think it's really really big I don't think it should be downplayed is she the striker who's going to score 30 goals in the WSL I don't think so but I do think she offers a very very different threat up front to the likes of Blackstinius who we had playing there last season um it's massive honestly it's so massive I don't want to underplay it at all but just to give a bit more background onto maybe some of the other players who you haven't heard about uh, Amanda Illestad she is a season centre-back joining from PSG they finished second in the French League just behind Lyon and obviously if you know anything about women's football you've definitely heard of Lyon probably the best team of all time I think that's undeniable Um, the Swede was amongst the top scorers in this summer's World Cup despite being a centre-back, which we love to see. And I think this obviously contributed to her not in the Ballon d'Or nomination. So she is one of the 30 players, along with our own Katie McCabe, who has been nominated for the Ballon d'Or. Another super exciting signing who we saw in our pre-season was Chloe Lacasse. She was recruited from Benfica. The 30-year-old Canadian looks so, so promising playing on that right-hand side. And I think, you know, that's definitely a side that we need to strengthen. We saw Beth Mead out for a long, long period last season. Hopefully she's coming back soon, but she's obviously going to need a bit more time coming back from such a severe injury before she can be thrown into the games head on. And I think from what I've seen, the Cassie looks super, super promising. Um, two more to get through. We also have Laia Codina. She was, when I wrote this, our latest addition from Barcelona. Also another centre-back like uh, Illestad. She's a lot younger. She's 23. We haven't... I. Personally, haven't seen much of her play at Barca, um, but she was part of that winning World Cup side with Spain. And even though she didn't play with Barcelona that much, I mean, they're such a dominating force in women's football. Having that experience of training with top quality players day in, day out is obviously something that's going to stand to her. I feel like I'm saying obviously a lot. I don't know. Uh, but last and not least, let's not forget our deadline day coup, who was Kyra Cooney Cross. <clears throat> Still no easier to say. A rising star who has showcased her skill with both Hamarbe, a Swedish club, and the Australian national team, which we saw her uh, contribute massively in the in their amazing World Cup run. I think overall we have to be super, super happy with those signings. We have a lot of very seasoned professionals, players from all over Europe who are bringing such a dynamic and interesting you know, depth and strength to our squad, which last season, let's not lie, took a bit of a battering. Um, I think at one stage we had maybe the 11 players on the pitch and our subs bench was literally, you know, four players and and a few uh, academy players. That's just how, how severe the injury situation was. So it's a lot of great players coming in, a lot of players coming into positions that we already have covered, but I think what we saw from last season is you just can never be too careful and you can never take any risks, especially um, when you're pushing for trophies, when you're looking to win the WSL, get back into the Champions League, all this kind of thing. When we look at some of the farewells, I mean, there's none more significant than the departure of Brazilian captain Raffaele. The centre-back has moved to Orlando Pride, leaving big shoes to fill in our squad. So her departure was announced at the end of last season. We all knew she was leaving. To be honest, it hasn't made it, time hasn't healed that wound. It hasn't made it any more easier. Um, 
you know, you, you're really going to miss her centre-back pairing that she had with Leah Williamson. I was such a huge fan of that. For me, they were so dominant when they were both fit. And yeah, obviously you wish her all the best, of course. And I, I just can't help but think that it had something to do with the super demanding international fixture list. You know, obviously being the captain of Brazil, she would have had to travel an awful lot back and forth. And logistically, it makes more sense for her to be, to be based in um, the States. But yeah, we'll always miss her. She always have a place in the heart of all Arsenal fans. What a player. And we wish her nothing but the best. Anna Iwabuchi. So our um, Japanese international who'd been on a half season loan to Spurs, she announced her retirement following the World Cup snub. I believe her contract with Arsenal was also up. Uh, tough time for her. I just felt like she had a really, really difficult time towards the end of her Arsenal spell. There was games when she could have got a few minutes, but she didn't. Or, you know, she got literally a few minutes and players fans were a bit upset that she wasn't given a bit more of a chance um so it feels like a bit of a disappointing end for her another player who I feel has had a bit of a disappointing departure from the Arsenal is Jodie Taylor came in last season towards the very end as a free agent um I mean we're talking about a very very experienced player here who came into a team that had been absolutely depleted in terms of injuries uh very inexperienced side and I felt like she did bring an awful lot even though she didn't get a lot of time and when she was put on the pitch sometimes she didn't even have her number printed on the back of her shirt so I think that just shows you um yeah I don't know it was was a strange one I I was a bit disappointed that a bit more was wasn't made about that because uh, when uh, Iwabuchi announced her retirement, there was posts, you know, players wishing her well, and Jodie Taylor just seemed to kind of fall to the wayside, which I found a bit unfair. But, you know, in terms of players who've left and players coming in, I do feel like we did have a much more positive than negative summer window. Raffaele is going to be a tough one to try and replace. She was, I mean, such such a solid player not only in the center as a center back but also in terms of goals you would have to think that Illustrat has come in as basically her direct replacement to start in uh, a center back pairing with William Lee sorry Leah Williamson can't speak Leah Williamson once she is back fit and healthy um but we haven't really seen that yet in terms of Eideval's uh first 11 selection Nevertheless, I just want to run really quickly through some of our players who've gone out on loan this season. Godfrey has joined Charlton. Uh, Marquise, our goalkeeper, has joined newly promoted Bristol, which I think makes a lot of sense. Um, found it difficult to get game time last season with the likes of D'Angelo signing last January. Manuela Zinsberg is pretty much as things stand. Yeah, uh, The undisputed number one also. So it makes sense, third choice keeper, to be off on loan hopefully she gets a good bit of game time there she's going to have a lot of experience to bring to that side and we also had a trio off joining Watford so these players include Harbert, Reed, and Agimang um you've probably seen uh, Michelle Agimang play for the Arsenal last season if you're watching she's very talented 16 year old so I think it makes a lot of sense for these players to go um a lot of great names there that I think could probably do a job for the Arsenal once they come back uh, we'll have to wait and see, though, of course. In addition to all the players who've come in, we've also seen a lot of contract extensions. Frida Manum, Caitlin Ford, Steph Catley, Jen Beatty. Player of the season last year, Katie McCabe. I'm going to be honest, this is going to be a Katie McCabe propaganda podcast. I'm obsessed with the girl. She's amazing. Uh, and as of today, Jonas Eidevelt has also extended his contract. So really exciting to see. Um, 
yeah, I think overall we have to be super happy with that transfer window. I think it looks really, really promising. Um, there's not much more you could really have wanted apart from maybe a right back, if we're being completely honest. Obviously, Wienreuter is out. Uh, sorry, that went super German there. <laughs> Wienreuter is out for an extended period with her ACL injury, which she picked up towards the latter end of the season last year. Um, yeah, we have obviously Maritz in this position, but she's another player who tends to quite frequently be on the treatment bed with injuries. It's an interesting one. Idabel did come out and say, look, we have Katie McCabe who can play there. Personally, I would have liked to see a more seasoned or a more fitting right back come in to fill that role. But overall, I think from what we can see here, given the players who are going to be coming back from injury very soon, the Meads, the Miedemas, and all the signings that we've gotten in overall, it's been a super positive summer. And yeah, you know, what's stopping this team from going on and winning trophies apart from themselves? I think that's that leads us very, very nicely onto the next point, which I wanted to speak about. And that was obviously the disappointing result in the Champions League qualifying game. So yeah, if we think back to last season, obviously Arsenal did pretty well considering the the injury crisis that we had, uh, getting to the semi-finals of the Champions League and missing out literally in one of the last kicks of the game against a very, very good Wolfsburg team. Uh, that match was insane. The atmosphere in the Emirates that night was crazy. It was so, so disappointing that we didn't get through. But look, I think obviously Barcelona went on to win that and would we have stood a chance against that Barcelona thing? I think if we're being realistic, probably not. So and saved us that disappointment. Um, so yeah, what happened this season? Why haven't we qualified? Basically, we finished third in the WSL last season behind United and Chelsea. The Women's Champions League is a lot smaller than the men's. There is a total of 16 teams, if I'm not mistaken. So there's four groups of four. So that would be 16. Yes, quick maths. Um, and only a certain number qualify. So Chelsea have automatically qualified. Barcelona, Wolfsburg, Leon. Other teams despite, you know, Arsenal doing really, really well. Um, we have to play qualifiers for this massive competition. And in Arsenal's case, because we finished third, we had to do a mini tournament um, before we got to, I suppose, the final knockout stages before the Champions League groups are made. I'm trying to explain this as easily as possible because when I read it, I was thinking, okay, what what's the league? What's the league way? What's the there were so many different terms but yeah basically we got put into one of these pre-knockout stage groups and in our group was um our first match was actually against Linköping a Swedish team so we were based in Sweden for the whole duration of this tournament let's say and uh we bet them we, we won that match we went on to play FC Paris um just want to say also this was 16 days after the world cup final so the world cup final was held obviously in australia new zealand uh, and 16 days later the girls are back playing in sweden which was crazy to me that's absolutely insane the um, link up who we played in the first game they're mid-season they looked pretty fit in comparison to us i thought okay we're we're obviously first game back it's a crazy game to have in your preseason. may i just add like so insane but yeah that was our preseason first game back you know a lot of players coming in coming in for the first time uh off the back of a intense world cup 
how many players did we have? You know, we had three players in the Swedish team who got to the semi-final, three in the us also at the time we had two in the Australian team who also got to the semi-final. Uh and then we had Wumoy and Russo also playing for England in the final. So crazy to think the how far the, the players went and then just a few days later they were back playing for Arsenal, trying to qualify for Champions League football, but nevertheless. Um yeah, we managed to win against Lynn Cupping. I really hope I'm saying that name right. It, it's, it seems like an easy one and then you go to say it and you stutter on it. Uh, which meant that we obviously faced FC Paris in the group decider, shall we call it. Yeah, that's where the disappointment came. It was a 3-3 draw on aggregate after extra time. Alessio Russo really pulled a, a flailing team <laughs> to the to the, the the finish line, shall we say. It was a tough game. Um players looked off the pace. Um again, I don't I don't be too hard on the players though, because it just seems like a really, really poorly scheduled time to have such an important match. And like I said, obviously you want the players to go out, but what do you expect after 16 days if they're playing in a massive competition, one of the most important competitions with their national teams to have to come back and have their preseason game as a Champions League qualifier? I don't get it. Nevertheless, we won our first game and then we went on to face FC Paris, which we lost. We missed out on penalties in that game. Unfortunately, Manum and um, Russo, of all players, missed their penalties. And look, I don't want to be too harsh again. I really don't. It was a very disappointing performance. And I think even ahead of the performance, people... I mean, I was in a state of shock. Really, I was. I thought, this team, you know, we can get to the Champions League semi-final the year before and then a few months later with all this you know, new strength, new depth in the squad, and we're missing out on it. <sighs> Look, I'm going to be honest, I think the way that the women's game is structured is an absolute disgrace. There's too many international breaks. It's too unorganized. I don't think this would happen in the men's game. It's not helping the game in any way, shape, or form. Um, the Champions League format, I think, also could be looked at. It seems a bit unnecessary. I mean, obviously, I'm talking about this from an Arsenal perspective, so I'm a little bit biased, but it just seems like a really, really poorly organized and structured competition and I think sooner rather than later we're going to have to start questioning whether an expansion of the competition makes sense because these mini tournaments in pre-season it just doesn't work for me personally uh, it doesn't work for the team obviously either with the result and I think a lot of people were very very pissed off that it happened so quickly after the World Cup and had such a devastating impact on the season really let's be honest because what do we have left? Obviously, we have the WSL, which we can focus on, and Car- uh, Conti Cup, which we won last season, and the FA Cup. Is it the same, though? No. I mean, those Champions League nights last season were amazing in the Emirates. The atmosphere, breaking records. It was just so, so powerful. And I think it definitely gave a pretty frail team, shall we say, a lot of, a lot of strength and hope in those difficult moments. So... You know, look, it's it's obviously a very difficult competition to miss out on, but it does give us a really, really great opportunity to focus on the WSL. The last time Arsenal weren't in the Champions League, they won the WSL. Will that happen again this season? I mean, given how things have started, it's <laughs> it's gonna be tough. But yeah, let's let's turn our attention to something slightly more positive and have a look at how the WSL is shaping up this season then, shall we? 
I think just like last season, there's a lot of excitement surrounding the WSL off the back of the World Cup, just like there was with the Euros. Um, it seems like it's taken a lifetime for it to get underway, but it obviously started on the opening weekend of October. Just want to go back to last season very briefly, just to give a bit of a summary as to how things ended there. Obviously, Chelsea finished in first place. Um, yeah, I mean credit where credit's due they've been really really exceptional over the past few years I believe that was their fourth consecutive or their fourth and five uh, I'm not 100% sure but you know they're they're pretty much undisputed the best team shall we say in England at the moment but saying that you know our own Kim Little captain of the Arsenal has won more trophies in her career than the entire Chelsea women's team have in its entire existence so you know Let's not let them get too ahead of themselves there. They finished two points ahead of United, who had an exceptional season, finishing the highest they've ever done, achieving Champions League football for the first time. We finished behind them. Um, yeah, on the same amount of points as City, however, we had a much better goal difference, um, about eight goals more than they did. Obviously, our win away there last season was massive in assuring that we were able to finish ahead of them and get that Champions League playoff place which obviously has amounted to not so much this season but I'm sure it was a deciding factor for a lot of those European players who joined us over the summer period. Uh, behind them was Aston Villa, the best of the rest, and I mean that in the most respectful way possible. I am a super fan of what Carla Ward's done there. I think she's absolutely transformed the team. They look so, so promising under her. Obviously, they got the win against Arsenal on the final game day last season, which brought it right down to the wire between us and City. Yeah, I think I think they're probably going to be a team to watch this season. And I, you know, they finished 10 points behind City last season. But I think this year we're going to see that gap close drastically and um, see them really, really push for a top four position. I think that's they're more than capable of achieving that especially with the players they've recruited Rachel Daly top goal scorer in the WSL last season she was electric uh having been transformed from a right back into a striker who'd have thought it but obviously that was a risk that paid off uh, if you look down towards the bottom half of the table then it's pretty small leads only 12 12 teams in it Everton were in six Liverpool, who were promoted last season, finished in seven, which I think they should be pretty happy about. West Ham in at eight, Spurs ninth, and then towards the bottom, Leicester City and Brighton both finished on 16 points. But that was enough to keep them safe in comparison to Reading, who finished on 11 points and have been demoted. This season, Brighton City have been promoted. Uh, over the summer, I think, you know, a lot of the the, the top teams have strengthened. United included, despite selling um, on a Batlia to Barcelona and obviously Alessia, Alessia Russo who's left there was a lot of talk about Mary Earps leaving <clears throat> to join the Arsenal uh, hopefully we get her on a <laughs> on another Russo-like deal for free but I don't think that's very likely to happen uh, it might be a January signing a lot of talk about that Chelsea obviously strengthened again talking about goalkeepers I think they have about seven keepers now um and yeah, I think as, as the league goes on, as the season goes on, we're going to have a look at more of those teams in detail as um, we face them. So obviously our first opponent was Liverpool. Like I mentioned, they were promoted last season. They did pretty well to finish seventh, I have to say. Uh, last season on their opening or their, their re-entry to the WSL, they did beat Chelsea, who went on to win it. So I'm not trying to foreshadow anything, but it's it's pretty positive when you hear what comes next. So like I mentioned, I actually went to the opening game of the season. I was so excited. It was my first time seeing the Arsenal women play in the Emirates. First time in the Emirates in a very, very long time. So shout out to Freya and Ellie for hooking me up with tickets for that and looking after me all weekend. Um, 
it was amazing. The atmosphere in the game was absolutely electric. I went down a bit earlier to pick up the new um, exclusive, it's not exclusive, but the, the women's away jersey, which has been released from Adidas in collaboration with Stella McCarthy. I personally love it. I think it's beautiful. Blue swirls, pink featuring. I think it's so cool and as far as I'm aware, the first women's team to get their own distinct jersey at a club, which just shows you how important the women's team are for Arsenal, which is something that I really respect and that I'm really, really proud of to support them. Uh, the atmosphere was electric. There was, it was so busy. It was honestly like going to a men's game. Um, I obviously, I'm not a local, London local. However, that being said, a lot of people couldn't get over just how busy it was, how packed it was. And... I have to say it was an absolutely incredible experience to see so many people turn out to see our opening game. Uh, I just want to run very, very quickly through our starting 11 on the day. Uh, we went with a back three. So there was Innsberger and goal. Um, back three of Wuben Moy, Jen Beatty and Steph Catley. Katie McKay played as the left wing back with Chloe Lacasse on the right. Midfield two of Kim Little and uh, Leah Valti. Uh Right wing was covered by Manum, left wing Caitlin Fort, and then starting up front for us in her WSL debut for the Arsenal was Alessio Russo. Now, when I saw this team selection, I had kind of a feeling that Katie McCabe would be starting at the right back. However, that's obviously not what transpired. To be honest, I'm not a massive fan of this back three situation. What I was really, really shocked about was the fact that um, Illustad started on the bench. I don't know if she picked up a knock potentially on international duty. Oh yeah, the, the, all the players were on international duty literally a week before the, the WSL started. I forgot to mention that in my rant about the scheduling. Um, so yeah, that was my only surprise, my only shock there, to be completely honest, was not what I expected. That being said, it's a pretty strong starting eleven. I don't think there's much I would have changed there other than that. I'm just having a quick look at the subs um yeah Sabrina D'Angelo Moritz like I said starting normal right back starter however she is battling with injury at the moment Lena Hurtig who has come into the form of her life after putting out the US in the World Cup this summer I don't think anyone expected that Pelova, Kuhl, Blackstinius, um Lena Kodina, Illstadt as I mentioned and then new signing Kyra Cooney Cross. I'm getting better at that name. Uh, yeah, so overall, in terms of the lineup selection, I wasn't horrified. I wasn't super pleased once I saw the game get underway and saw that we're going with the back three. Um, but yeah, I thought a decent start to the first half. It felt as though Arsenal were going to. I mean, obviously, I went into this game expecting that we'd come away with the three points. We'd come away with a really, really good result, a positive start to the season, and that did not happen. Uh, in saying that, the first start. The first half started well. I felt as though they'd get going eventually, but they never really got out of first or second gear. And I think it's a credit to how well Liverpool defended because they didn't give any any space at all. Uh, the best for me, the best opportunity of the game came in the first half, and that was from a corner which uh, Lottie Wumoy headed straight at the keeper. She made a great save, in fairness, but I think on any other day you know, slightly slightly less quality keeper that could be going in. It just felt very, very static. And a lot of players looked very sluggish. And like I said, that probably is a reflection on this crazy, hectic schedule that they're following. World Cup, back to club for pre-season in inverted, inverted commas, or quote mark, shall we say. Uh, 
then to be brought back on international duty a lot of players you know the Australians flying here there everywhere and then to come back straight into WSL action it's tough and I think that's an issue that needs to be addressed I'm not the only one everyone's going to say it but yeah there was definitely a lot of sluggishness in the team and I think Liverpool looked a lot sharper than we did Liverpool started the second half very, very strongly, scoring the only goal that the game would see in the 48th minute from Miri Taylor. Um, yeah, it was... Was it a good goal or was it terrible defending? I don't want to be too harsh. It was a ball across the box from Kearns, which, to be honest, Zinsberger's positioning in her goal was horrendous. It doesn't look like she's the same player that we had last season who was keeping you know, consecutive clean sheet records. Um from what we've seen of her so far, she looks a little bit off the pace. Not sure what the problem there is, but in terms of defending overall, she's not the only person. It was sloppy at the back. Uh, I thought Wubamoy gave Taylor a bit too much space, personally. Um, and it was really disappointing. That was the only goal that it took. When we look at the stats, yeah, there was similar in terms of shots on target I have them here shots on target for Arsenal was four in comparison to Liverpool's three but in terms of shots off target we had 13 and they had three in terms of possession we had 60% in comparison to their 40 we had 19 free kicks excuse me corner kicks 19 corner kicks they had one and we couldn't convert a single chance so look we can talk about the defending all day a lot of people have been down um Zinsberger's neck saying that you know she's not good enough she's not at the level she needs to be but where are where's the creativity coming from from Arsenal obviously Liverpool defended immensely they were so good at putting us under pressure we had very little time very little space but you know there was chances that we should have taken and there's players there who should be taking those chances and I understand I mentioned it the structuring of the the season in the women's game is appalling yes however it's not really an excuse when you're a professional and I think in terms of the signings that we brought on I was pretty impressed with Pilova Hertig as well I think she's doing everything she can to possibly get a start um, Amanda Ilstadt also came on for Wubamoy uh, Russo came off for Blackstinius I thought that was also a strange shape because I thought Russo looked pretty decent but I guess just trying to literally trying anything at that stage and uh, Cooney Croy got her Arsenal debut in the 86th minute coming on to replace Lena uh, Valti. Sorry. Um, overall, how would I summarize that performance? Deeply disappointing. It's obviously not the result that we wanted. It's definitely not how we wanted to get our WSL campaign underway, considering the Champions League disappointment. A lot of pressure is on the Arsenal now to perform this season and to really, really go for it and to win this because we don't have the distractions that Chelsea will have. We have a strong team. Um, and it just seems like at the moment something's not really gelling. It's early yet. It feels still very much like pre-season. Like the team's gelling. Like we're trying to to get a string of good performances together to figure out who is our best player in each position. Um, that being said, I think it needs to happen sooner rather than later to be completely honest and look our next game is against Manchester United tomorrow evening uh, away we get to debut our beautiful new jersey which I'm super excited about but that's a game that we really have to win we have to get some points on the board it's tough it's a very tough game to expect um, to get any sort of result at however it almost feels like a do or die at this stage and it's so dramatic two games in but that's the level that we're at Chelsea aren't going to have that many slip-ups United we really can't um, 
think any less of them this season just because uh, you know they don't have Russo anymore they've strengthened they're a decent team and we really really have to push to stay up there in that race and not lose too much ground on those players one thing I also want to mention is that we broke the WSL record of uh, attendance with 54,115 people attending the match on opening day what an achievement uh, Arsenal now old hold the hop top oh my gosh <laughs> Arsenal now hold the top three um in terms of records for the WSL which is super exciting to see look the support's there for the girls all we want is a few decent results in terms of the game tomorrow what am I expecting I would like to hope that we will see a much sharper side um I hope that the result against Liverpool has inspired the players a bit to you know it did seem like the performance against Liverpool, they played a little bit without heart, which seems a bit harsh to say, but that's genuinely how I felt watching it. It was lacklustre. I don't want to say lazy because some players did put in a really good shift. I thought Seth Catley, Katie McCabe worked really, really well. Um, I thought it was a bit harsh on uh, Lacasse to play her out of position. Also, first WSL game. It's tough. Um, overall, look, is all hope lost? Absolutely not. Do I think that we are going to go on and win the WSL like Chelsea did off the back of their w, uh, their their defeat to Liverpool last season? Who knows? Honestly, who knows? Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on Eideval this season. However, as we've seen, he's re-signed his contract, so he is there for long term. The project that he's building, the, the development of the squad under him has been so inspiring. You see players like Russo coming in, players from all across Europe, it's positive. Things are positive there. It's just the only thing missing now is really the results. And I think tomorrow is for sure the best time to save the season. I don't want to be dramatic. It's not a crisis yet, but it feels like one a little bit. Um, so to run very quickly through the results of match day one, uh, Manchester United managed a win away at Villa. They won 2-1 with a late last-minute goal, shall we say. Brighton got a much-needed victory over Everton. They also won 2-1. Obviously, we spoke about the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Leicester City put up... Uh, they won 4-2 against Bristol, but Bristol put up a really, really good fight there. City picked up uh, the three points because they won against West Ham, two goals to nil. And then the final game of the day was Chelsea versus Tottenham. Chelsea did come away victorious in that game also, two goals to one. So in terms of surprise results, I mean, I think United against Villa was this big three points for them. They're starting their season strong. Brighton against Everton, that's a really great win away from home for them. Uh, other than that, everything went according to plan, pretty much. So, you know, you have three games you can predict, three games that went a little bit uh, unexpectedly. But that's football. That's why we love it. I think that's all from me this week. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Ladies in Red, an Arsenal Women's podcast. Um, next week, we'll have a look at the game against United, of course, cover anything that we might have missed in um, the week from now until then. And yeah, super. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you listen again. Thank you so much. Bye.